Support for Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom is brought to you as always by Manscaped for all your male grooming needs. We want to say thank you to our listeners who continue to support the podcast by shopping online at manscaped.com and getting 20% off your entire order with the promo code SUNNYNKC. You guys have helped us fund this podcast and keep bringing you guys Chiefs content every week, so we appreciate that. You already know about the Lawnmower 3.0, the best hygiene tool for the modern man with patented skin safe technology that makes getting nicked a thing of the past. But they also have a nice nail kit called the Shears 2.0, which has tempered stainless steel tools, including slash tip tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. I'm a personal believer in these products, and if you're frustrated with your electric razors running out of batteries, becoming dull, catching your skin, you owe it to yourself to try out Manscaped. Just remember to use promo code SUNNYNKC to get 20% off your entire order. Manscaped, take your grooming game to the next level. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. So this guy, this founder of a service called Feedspot sent me an email and he said, I would like to personally congratulate you. I'm sure this is an automatically generated email, but I would like to personally congratulate you as your your podcast, It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom, has been selected by our panelists as one of the top 35 Super Bowl podcasts on the web. Oh. So, yeah. So I click on the, the link of the top 35 and I'm like, I wonder where we fall. Number one, PFF NFL podcast, our, our guy, Sam Munson, um, they're the number one Super Bowl podcast, but then sitting number two on this, on this giant list of podcasts Ooh. is It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. So I don't know what metrics he uses. I don't know why we ranked as high as two, but probably because we're the second best Super Bowl related podcast out there. I would imagine that was the only way he could grade it, right? Well, it's funny you should mention grades because in number one, the PFF podcast, I mean, listen, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. We should be above them for the Super Bowl podcast. But, you know, I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that we are using the word Super Bowl in our title. And, you know, like, is that, I mean, listen, you that's know, exactly I'm, how these rankings are listed. All 35 of them have a podcast description that uses <laughs> the term Super Bowl in it. I, so I'm a, you know, I'm a lawyer, as you know, I know a lot about the law and various, various. other, various <laughs> other lawyerings, uh, but I actually, um, I'm going to have to Google this. I, 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 why are people not allowed to use the word Super Bowl, right? Like, I, I guess it's a trademark thing. Like you, if you were using it in an ad, well, we had an ad read at the start of that thing. Are we going to get busted? Is Roger <laughs> Roger going to come file a cease and desist on us? Man, if he does, that means we made it though, right? I mean, you know, if somebody's noticing you're using their trademarked items. No, I, I think we haven't actually said Super Bowl in an advertisement that we get money from. So we do the Manscaped reads, but we never say Super Bowl in there. And we don't get, we, we don't have any constantly playing commercial breaks or anything like that. So I think just using Super Bowl in our description is kosher, but I, I, you're the lawyer. I have no idea. Well, I don't know either, but I do know that we are the number two Super Bowl podcast and the number one Chiefs podcast in the world.
Welcome in, everybody, to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. It is Raider Week. It was the bye week, Taylor. The bye week has come. Raiders. The bye week is gone, and the Raiders are here. Thank you for that interlude. We have a... We have a little bit of a different format here today. We talked about this last week, obviously splitting it up with the bye. We don't have a recap to do this week. We can recap the Chiefs' bye week. They they didn't play a game. The games that were, were played in the NFL were boring and terrible because the Chiefs were not playing. Uh, we can talk about Patrick Mahomes, I guess, uh, in the MVP conversation. That's something we can talk about um, because he, he moved up the board, Taylor. Spoiler alert. But we have an exciting – new thing that we did we uh we we did a thing you guys know him you hate him you love to hate him the man the myth the legend raider cody we went on the raider cody podcast or i should say let's 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 be clear it was a joint it was a mashup kind of deal right Mm -hmm. so you're you're gonna hear a segment that we did with uh, raider cody and his co-host uh and you know look we kept it civil um we decided to save the the roasting for after Sunday night, right? Like, you know, I don't want to say I'm a little bit gun shy after what happened the last time we played the Raiders, but I would prefer to wait until we have beaten the hell out of them <laughs> yeah. to roast. So next week you're going to get your regularly scheduled recap and preview show. And we are going to roast the Raiders because we're going to beat the hell out of the Raiders on Sunday. But this week you're going to get to hear from us and Raider Cody. We went on his podcast. You can go check it out on YouTube as well, but you know, then you'll be giving him ad revenue. Just listen to the podcast. Just, you know, listen to the conversation so that's going to kind of take the place of our regular preview show but we do have in addition to a little bit of news uh we have a mailbag to finish up we uh we did some mailbag questions last week it was really fun taylor to get back into those and we got some more ones we got a great little mailbag segment here this week as well i'm super excited for a couple of these mailbag questions um specifically one from uh cory that we've kind of put off for a couple weeks because i'm he really is. He's posted about it a couple times. I know he's looking forward to that. So, uh, Corey, we've got your Lord of the Rings one in the barrel ready to fire. You're going to have to stay tuned, though, Corey, because we're not going to do it yet. We're not going to do it. That's going to come tease. at the end. That's we're, an industry that's term. That's, that's an industry term. That's a little teaser there. We're going to talk about the news of the bye week. So, so I mentioned that there were some football games that were played and that, for the most part, they were pretty boring and bad, with the exception of – a late afternoon game in the desert, the Bills and the Cardinals. And this is a nice segue into our MVP conversation because somebody entered the MVP conversation this weekend. It was Kyler Murray who threw an amazing Hail Mary pass on the last play of the game to win the game for the Cardinals over the Buffalo Bills, who themselves had a nice late touchdown drive to take the lead. DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray – the Hale Murray is what they're calling it. That was the game of the week. And listen, again, Chiefs weren't playing, you know, uh, light competition for game of the week. But that was that was the game of the week. I mean, I believe that's the game of the year so far. Just with everything, all the, the, the two late scores and the two quarterbacks going at it. Josh Allen had himself a pretty decent game, uh, 284 yards and two touchdowns. He did also throw two picks, though. So we've kind of... Yeah, that game was great. Um, Fun to watch Kyler throw it to DeAndre Hopkins, who jumped up in front of three guys to come down with it. As a fantasy owner of both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, I enjoyed that play immensely. However, 
really the whole conversation recently around the NFL has been about these five or six quarterbacks that are in the MVP race and, and where they stack up and how they've been, you know, their, their turnovers and all that different type of thing. And um, you're absolutely right that Kyler Murray entered the fray here. He wasn't, he was kind of on the, on the fringe, you know, he was fringe class before this, he was but, fringe class for sure. but, but now he, he's got the narrative. He's got a big comeback win. He's got a first place six and three Arizona Cardinals team. Um, and in fact, three of those teams in the West are now all at six and three, everybody but the 49ers. So um, really fun division race out there, but you know, Kyler is, incredibly dynamic he is with all respect to Lamar Jackson he is the most dynamic running quarterback in football he has 10 rushing touchdowns on the year he absolutely is is just so electric and dangerous when he starts running the ball and and then he shows off an arm like that where he rolls out to his left with seven seconds left on the clock from the 43 and throws a just a rocket falling to the left and uh, you know he's fun he's a lot of fun i'm super glad that he's at least getting the recognition of being part of the mvp conversation he's probably down there fourth or fifth or so but he's in it he's in it and i mean we should just talk about where the mvp race is at because russell wilson had a bad game in a loss yeah i mean he was terrible uh as a an owner of russell wilson on my fantasy team he he was a great disappointment to me this past weekend obviously josh allen moving up the board let's just let's just unpack for a second here taylor i just want to i just want to give everybody an update on where patrick mahomes ranks across the board here so in passing yards currently he is at 2687 passing yards for the year that currently ranks fifth in the nfl it's pretty good in yards per game. He's actually fourth. So when you take into account some, some people have played one more game or one less game, one fewer game, he's at 298.6 passing yards per game. That is fifth or excuse me, fourth in the NFL. And number one in that category, by the way, is Dak Prescott, who was at 371 yards per game before he got hurt. So he doesn't even really count for, for all intents and purposes, Pat is third in the NFL in yards per game. In terms of passing touchdowns, he currently ranks third behind Russell Wilson, who has 28, Aaron Rodgers, who has 26. Pat, of course, has 25. In touchdown percentage, which would be the number per the percentage of his throws that resulted in touchdowns, he's in third in that category as well, 7.6. In interceptions, he's thrown one interception, Taylor. So he obviously is he's the best. NFL record in terms of nine games. In terms of interception percentage, he's currently sitting at a point three. <laughs> yeah. So that's his interception percentage. That's obviously first in the NFL by a mile. Not bad for a gunslinger. That's right. And second place is noted gunslinger Derek Carr, who's at at .7. And then Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees at at 1.0. So, you know, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, both guys who are known for not throwing interceptions at all. Derek Carr, who's a guy who's known for not throwing interceptions. Those guys all have more than doubled Mahomes' interception rate this year. Uh, Yards per attempt. He's currently sitting fifth in yards per attempt quarterback rating. He's currently sitting second. He's a hair behind Aaron Rodgers. So Rodgers at 116.4 Pat's at 115.9 QBR QBR Pat is first 87.0, which is the highest second place is Rodgers with an 85.4 third place is Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is hilarious to me. Hmm. RIP Fitz magic on the bench. Uh, sack percentage he's sixth in sack percentage I mean pick any stat and he's in the top five or six in a lot of them he's in the top two he is the new favorite the new betting favorite in the desert to win the MVP and he should be he should be absolutely it's basically in my mind a 
currently a two horse race between he and Rogers. I know um, Wilson obviously started the year off scorching hot and he's thrown a ton of touchdowns, but those turnovers, he's now up to the 10 picks, but also he's lost three fumbles or four fumbles and he's just not really, I, I, it doesn't really do it for me anymore. So to me, it's down to Mahomes and Rogers and they'll both have plenty of opportunity over the next six, seven weeks to, uh, to state their cases against each other. And I just don't know how at this point, anyone would be comfortable betting against Mahomes to, to pull this thing out. I think he is showing himself to just be so advanced. I mean, it, the kid's 25 and he's absolutely the best quarterback in football. And it's just, I, we say it every time, every week on the show, because we love talking about Patrick, but he is insanely advanced. And just the, the pace that he's on, he's going to throw 44 touchdowns and two picks. That's what, that's what his pace would be on right now. And, and close to 5,000 yards again. And he's just doing things that no one's ever done before. And uh, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I love every second of it. Yeah, I think we need to I think we need to we need to point out that there have only been 12 seasons in NFL history of 40 plus touchdowns. 13, like, but yes. 13. We've had we've had this idea that like, you know, I mean, it, you know, it it seems like it's routine, but it's not. I mean, it, it certainly passing touchdowns are going up. Uh quarterback rating is going up passing yardage totals are going up, but a 40 touchdown season is still pretty rare in NFL history. This would only be the 14th time. Now some other guys might do it this year. Wilson certainly is on pace to hit it as well as Rogers and Mahomes. But I mean, we're talking about something that's only been done a handful of times in NFL history and then to pair it with two interceptions. I mean, the only season that would be remotely comparable would be Rogers's MVP season where he had, I believe 45 and five, 45 and six. Yeah. He was stupid in 2011. I mean, it was the most efficient. That's when he set the pass rating record at 122.5. So, I mean, he was, he was as, as locked in in 2011 as anybody's ever been. And you're right. That's about the only season where you could look at Mahomes' current numbers and be like, that's, that's the type of a year he's going to have. It's, it's mind boggling. Well, if you put some money down on Pat a couple of weeks ago when he was, yeah, uh, when like, he was an underdog, congratulations yeah. to you because you're going to make some money, but it's uh it's nice to see our boy back in the MVP conversation. And it was fun to see his name pop up in a week where he didn't do anything. He was just sitting on the couch watching football. Yeah. He, uh, he made some progress there for sure. And really the, the Wilson turn, I, I've been jokingly referring to him on Twitter as, as Russell Winston because uh, he looks more like Jameis out there when he's throwing all these picks. And uh, it's, really, it's really turned this race around a lot because if Wilson had continued at his streak, he was basically on a 2018 Mahomes run um, up until about two games ago where he was the touchdowns were there, but the turnovers were not. And now that the turnovers are there, it's, uh, it's right back into Mahomes' hands. His, his, his award to lose at this point, I would say for sure. Yep, I agree with that. So we do have a little bit of news. You're going to hear the game preview uh, as part of our conversation with Raider Cody, but there's something that they didn't really want to talk about too much, and that is the news breaking today that their entire defense pretty much is in the COVID protocol and won't be practicing and might not be available on Sunday. We know Cleveland Farrell for sure is going to be out on Sunday. We know virtually every defensive starter for the Raiders is not going to be able to practice. They may be able to play, but they're not going to be able to practice at the team facility. 
uh, until Sunday, and and they may frankly may not be cleared. Um, the only way they would be cleared to play is if they have a positive or a negative test, excuse me, on Sunday morning. So, in addition to that, they're going to get hit with some massive fines. This is multiple violations of the COVID protocol. They've been they've been uh, they've been playing with fire, Taylor, the whole season, and they just got burned big time. Big time. So not only is, like you said, Cleland Farrell out, but the players that were placed on the COVID list today are defensive back Jonathan Abram, who's probably their best defensive player if it's not Cleland Farrell. Uh, defensive tackle Malik Collins, defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, defensive back Isaiah Johnson, defensive end Arden Key, and defensive tackle Kendall Vickers, and defensive lineman David Irving. So that is a ton of names, especially along the D-line, but two DBs as well to add to not being practicing and and not you know when <laughs> I think it was uh it was either Field Yates or maybe it was Rap Sheet but somebody was like you know all they have to do this week is prepare for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs so I mean you know that's not uh not an easy task even when everybody's all on the practice field together so it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Raiders use that as an excuse uh when they get beat by three touchdowns but uh, that being said, it's it's certainly another COVID story for the Raiders, and that is something that they just haven't been able to escape. I know the Titans seemed like they were going to be the clubhouse favorites for the worst COVID protocol team in yeah. football early on in the year when they were they were basically risking the whole NFL season at that point. But um, since they kind of got stuff figured out, the Raiders have taken up the mantle as the the COVID problem child and. Boy, I mean, they've already taken um, a million dollars in fines, and the draft pick that they got was, I think, maybe a, was a third rounder. They got they got dinged a draft pick at some point this year too, and yeah, it's um, they're they're not quite uh, they're not quite keeping everybody safe. And I mean, clearly the contact tracing here. I mean, they've had four players this year test positive, but then the contact tracing has meant that when those players test positive, in most cases, you know, McCall Hardman test positive and the chiefs whole starting offense didn't go on the list. You know, I mean, right. they, they've kept their distance. They've done things the way they're supposed to do. And, and the Raiders, when they, when somebody dings on this, um, everybody else, the whole offensive line a couple weeks ago against the bucks tested. I mean, they were all contact trace and had to be on the list for the whole week. So this is not the first time they've done that. And uh, I, you'd think they'd learn their lesson, but they're the Raiders. So I kind of doubt it. You said they got dinged, but it really has been more of a dong than a ding. <laughs> nice. Nailed it. Now that we've talked about the the Raiders news, that clownery, we obviously, like I said, we're going to clown on the Raiders some more next week, but we've got a mailbag. We've got a mailbag. We've got a lot of good questions to get into the, the highly anticipated, highly teased Corey question. But first, we're going to start off with a question from our man, Garrick Baldwin. <laughs> if you could pick one chief from this year's roster to tackle you, during the Oklahoma drill, you both lie down on your back a few yards from each other in a small coned area, and he tries to get up and run past you. You <laughs> tackle them. That's the Oklahoma drill in a nutshell. For the week game check, who would it be and why? This is a very intriguing question. Taylor, you have the floor. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so the two things you have to think about are, number one, your physical matchup, but number two, the game check. Um, the first person I thought of that – now let's let's be clear here. Every one of these players would completely destroy me. There is there is I have no doubt in my mind that the weakest, if that's even a thing, member of the Chiefs is still vastly superior to me athletically. However, I thought about Tommy Townsend. He's younger. Um, he's a punter. You know, but skinny. He, He's skinny, exactly. Uh, but number one, his game check isn't that big since he's a rookie. But number two, after I remembered his his throw and, and Dave Tobe talking about we kind of like his 
ability to take off. Um, I think Tommy Townsend's sneaky athletic. So sorry, yeah. Henny Badger, but I'm going to go with Chad Henny. Your game check is a hundred thousand dollars. And although I'm sure you would destroy me, I think I still have the best chance against old, you know, he's about my age. Uh, he's 35 and, um, I just don't know if Chad Henney's heart would be in that type of drill. So I'm going to go with Chad Henney. I am going to take Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and the reason is because uh, the game check isn't quite what it would be in a couple <laughs> years from now, which would it's obviously would, nice. would make it an obvious choice. It's still a pretty nice game check. And uh-huh. obviously Pat would wreck me. But if wrecked. I was going to pick a guy to get wrecked by, mm. I mean, you know, what a story that would be. Like, I, I got wrecked by Patrick Mahomes, and I got his game check. Like, I'm I just trying to I hug mean, him. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you know, the worst-case scenario, I was touched by Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I, I felt the touch of greatness. And <laughs> that's what you that tell the doctors be, in the ER. That's exactly right. And you know what, though? It would be worth every penny. And, in fact, that would be worth more than the game check to me, just, <laughs> just to feel the touch of our Lord and Savior, Patrick Mahomes. That's so great. that would be my choice. I, I think there's there's a couple ways you could go with that, but but that's the pick for me. Love it. Um, so our next one is uh, the question we have by S Limit 2, which is – after that Saints-Bucks game, which was, for those of you who don't remember, an absolute thrashing of the Bucks at the hands of the New Orleans Saints, which game are you looking forward to more, the Bucks in Week 12 or the Saints in Week 15? Um, I think that's a great question. Uh, I've kind of I've had the Bucks game circled for ever since Tom Brady signed there, and obviously with uh, the matchup, you know, they added Gronk and they added AB, and, and the Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa Bay and all that stuff. Like, there's a lot of – kind of fanfare that goes along with that game. But after watching the Saints destroy the Bucks, if the Saints keep up this type of run for the next couple of weeks, um, I think the Saints are the the more dangerous team. Um, but, you know, I, I always look forward to an opportunity to beat Tom Brady senseless. Uh, we hopefully will Peyton Manning him and put him down for good. So might as well be this year. So I, I think I still am looking forward to the Bucks a little bit more. Me too, especially since Drew Brees now may be out for a while. He has a whole host of injuries, including I think oh, he have, like he's got some collapsed lung. some ribs issues, and a collapsed lung. He he got he got beat up pretty bad, and so it looks like the Saints quarterback is probably going to be Jameis Winston, unless it's finally Taysom Hill season. I don't know. I've got him stashed in dynasty just in case. Uh, he is, uh, you know, obviously that matchup loses a little bit of juice, even if Jameis ends up being passable, which I think he absolutely would be. I mean, that offense sure. is designed so that, you know, T- Teddy Bridgewater or whoever um, can be good at quarterback and not to disparage Teddy, but you know, yeah. I mean, it's they, they've got a succeed. lot of weapons. It's a yep. very, it's a very friendly scheme. Uh, if they can make Jameis look good and that's in that scheme, good for them. And obviously Drew, you know, he's lost a lot of his arm strength. He's not the player that he used to be, but it loses a little bit of juice with him being on the shelf for sure. So I think it is the Bucks. Um, it's going to be fun. I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, it's good. It, it's going to be a fun game. I mean, like you said, the opportunity to go in and beat Tom Brady when he doesn't have uh, his master, Bill mm-hmm. Belichick, pulling the strings and, you know, pressing the rain button in the stadium to get it to rain or, kidding. you know, picking off Patrick Mahomes a couple of times to give him the ball back. Whatever. He doesn't have that anymore. He's got Bruce Arians. He's got Antonio Brown, who, by the way, uh, narrowly dodged new criminal charges this week. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. He might not even have Antonio Brown in a couple of weeks when we play sure. them. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a matchup that's got me hype for sure. 
We got a question here from our man McSquag Anal McSquag Analty BM Bear. Kaka. Kaka. We uh, let's say for argument's sake, we want to trade for the number one pick in the draft. Do you think there is any team that would say no to Patrick Mahomes straight up? This question is about the intelligence of other teams. We would never trade the greatest player to ever touch the field. <laughs> so I would like to kind of twist this question a little bit. I told Bear this when uh, he asked it in our Discord because I think every team in the NFL would trade the first pick in the draft for Mahomes in an absolute heartbeat. And in fact, I think maybe all of them, for sure most of them, would trade their entire draft class for Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not saying that hyper hyperbolically. I think that – Every team in the NFL recognizes the the ceiling and the potential with Mahomes there, and I think they would all gladly give up a year of draft picks to get that guy. So what I would like to do instead, since I think that's a slam dunk answer, is I'd like to discuss what the Chiefs' options for trading to the number one pick would be without Mahomes in the deal. Mm, think okay. about that. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. I did want to say really quick, though, I, I, I can think of one team in the NFL that would not trade their entire 2021 draft class for Patrick Mahomes. Um, Bill O'Brien is no longer employed in Houston, so it wouldn't be him. And obviously it's the Miami Dolphins that have all of Bill O'Brien's picks. They've got <laughs> they've got like all of his uh, yeah. top picks. They've they got still their, would do it. They'd they've do got it their heartbeat. they've got their they've got their young quarterback on his rookie deal. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. But every other team would do it. And so you want to talk about what we would have to give up to get the number one pick in the draft, which is going to be the Jets pick. Let's, let's yeah. be honest. Yep. How would we swing a trade for trading, the Jets first yeah, round pick? We are trading for the Jets first round pick. Now is Adam Gase, the interim GM in this scenario? Because <laughs> yes. in that case, yes. in that case, we can trade them whatever garbage we want, but go ahead. I think that, so our first round picks are all going to be the 32nd pick. So we don't have, you know, we don't have a ton of ammo there to flip a first, uh, but we do have some veterans locked up for some big deals, probably no more enticing than Chris Jones. I think with his four-year deal um, and his play, which is still absolutely, you know, right neck and neck with Aaron Donald, he's a step alone, but he's the second best defensive lineman. So my gut would have, would would say Chris Jones would have to be included in the deal. I would have said Tyreek, but I'm guessing other teams kind of still balk at his off-field stuff, even though we know the story is bogus. I think that maybe his trade value wouldn't be as high as we think it should be. So maybe Chris Jones, our 32nd overall pick, and like next year's first. But I don't know if the Jets would even do that. I That's a tough one. I mean, it's a tough one because a team that needs a quarterback is never going to trade the first overall pick in a year where they can draft a slam dunk quarterback unless they're getting a quarterback. Right. So like yeah. if we're taking Pat off the table, like wh yeah. why would they, they don't need, you know, a superstar defensive tackle and a superstar wide receiver. They need a quarterback and they don't have one. They need Trevor so Lawrence. Yeah. They're, they're going to hang on to it. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence and, and good for them. Um, that that'll be uh, you know, Good, good for the Jets. Good, good for them. Uh, we've got one from Jordan Scarin. This was in Discord, and he was the MVP of last week's mailbag episode. And he, came he was back give him a caca, caca. He came back with another banger for this week. So huge shout out to you, Jordan, um, for our other Birds of War and aspiring Birds of War. Uh, be, be, more <laughs> be like, like Jordan. <laughs> you you got to be able to crank these bangers out. With the Raiders' victory lap on lots of players' minds, what trick play would you run against them, and what? Would you call it? Now he gave us a screen pass to Chris Jones behind as many big men as we can, and he would call it victory convoy. What Good. what what would you cook up, Taylor? Let's 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 step into the lab here. 
we're, we're coming up with, this has to be a way to utterly humiliate the Raiders. And while I like the idea of a Chris Jones screen pass behind a bunch of big dudes, we can do better. We can, we can <laughs> humiliate them more than that. So the first thing that always comes to mind with, you know, hungry pig flight and a lot of that type of stuff is big men. If, if, and Chris Jones is, is obviously in this mold. But if you get an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman into the action, into the action with the ball, that's like as, as swaggy as it gets on a, on a trick play. And they're, they tried to get Mike Remmers the ball. Um, I believe that was against the Jets. It was recently. I, but they, they tried to do a little, uh, little pass to Mike Remmers, and they held him and brought him yeah, to the ground because, the yeah, yeah, because they knew. They, they, he reported eligible, and he was going out for a pass, and they were saying, no, 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 you're not going to pull that crap on us. But um, So, obviously, um, Fish has gotten his touchdown already on a, on a little catch, and I think this thing does have to involve multiple linemen. And by that, I mean one lineman throwing and one lineman catching. So it's kind of like Hungry Pig flight where Poe was the, was the thrower, but instead of Demetrius Harris, a guy that normally catches the ball being on the receiving end of it, I would like for some sort of um, – I guess Schwartz is going to be out. He needs a touchdown, but I guess it wouldn't be this week. Um, so maybe like a defensive lineman like Jones lining up in the Wildcat, uh-huh, I like throwing that. it to a tackle-eligible Eric Fisher. That sounds pretty cool, but I, I think I can, I think I can do you one better. Sure. So everybody thinks about big men touchdowns when they think about humiliation, right? This goes all the way back to refrigerator Perry, you know, for the 85 bears, you know, it's a, it's a thing. We time honored tradition. We love to run the ball with big men, throw the ball with big men, catch the ball with big men. These are all, these are all very humiliating for the opposing defense. And we've done all of these things. We have. Chiefs have. Poe's done all of them, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, he's still a free agent, by the way. So, you yeah, know, we could, we could always bring him back for this, this game. Game, for this game. That's right. <laughs> it would be fun to, to throw it back to that. Uh, I think what we need to do here is get the special teams involved on offense somehow. We were talking about our oh. guy, Tommy Townsend. Tommy Townsend's got an That's arm. That's a good idea. But here's, here's what I'm thinking. So we get down into the red zone. Of course. Okay. We, we throw some garbage plays out there. Obviously this is at the end of the game. We're up big. We, you know, it's like we get down into the red zone. It's run, run, run up the middle. So, you know, Fourth they down. think we're, they think we're going to kick a field goal. Okay. But instead of kicking the field goal, we send Tommy Townsend out to hold. Yeah. And Tommy Townsend instead rolls out now we could get we could get a big man in on this as well we need does to put Tommy a big Townsend man in not hold already he does that's what i'm saying oh, so okay. that's that's the tricky part i mean you know you think you're just going to go out and kick a field goal right uh-huh. and instead we run a fake field goal pass uh-huh. with the punter who's the holder yep and we could put a big man in as the receiver just to make it extra humiliating like sure. we could still throw the big man in there tano uh, if we could, yeah, Tano, yeah, that'd be perfect. That, that'd be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the best way to incorporate. I mean, listen, like our, our special teams have been humiliating. So to give them an opportunity to humiliate others, I think is a, is a real sure. flex. I think the, the trick play aspect of it is, uh, is a real flex. 
And, you know, to give Tommy Townsend the opportunity to score a touchdown, we've seen the arm, you know, whether it's a passing touchdown, if we could find a way to, you know, sneak him into the end zone on a rush, I think that would be the ultimate humiliation. <laughs> a, a trick punter rushing touchdown, I think that would be the ultimate humiliation. And Man. as far as a name for it, we got to come up with a good name. Um, I would call it, mm, I don't know. I think that Tommy Townsend looks a lot like Getty Lee from uh, uh, the Canadian power trio rush. And so I would probably call this play Getty Lee. Uh, that, that would be, that would be my name for it. And uh, even though that's, rush would be a nice little work in. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, we can work. We can work on the title. It's a jumping off point. It's a jumping off point. <laughs> I, I like it for sure. And I think that the more trickery that's involved, the better, um, maybe what would be really funny is if we just bring in the special specialists, the special teams players on an offensive play. So like <laughs> yeah. a pop pass to Tommy Townsend coming across the front of the, I mean, just, just something where like we run a, a play that normally is designed for Tyreek, but we run it for Harrison Butker or something like that. Just get real weird. Get real weird with it. The Raiders would, I'm sure um, they would, they would appreciate that quite a bit. I bet. Yeah, they would. I mean, they, I'm sure they would love it. Um, we appreciate everybody that gave us mailbag questions, but we saved the best for last. Our man, the artist chief at Corio 4 one of our original birds of war. Ka-ka! Ka-ka! He gave us a question that I know Taylor has really been looking forward to. So Taylor, I'm going to let you take this one. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Corey asked, uh, he is a Lord of the Rings fan. He said, if you could replace the fellowship of the ring characters with chiefs players, who would be whom? And don't worry so much about height, the fellowship only, which is nine characters. Um, Austin and I are going to do a little something after this where we talk about, well, we'll, we'll introduce that in a second. But first, um, I did go ahead and cast the nine characters as Chiefs members. So I'm just going to go ahead and go through those real quick. Um, maybe the hardest person on the Chiefs to cast is Patrick Mahomes because he is the main character on the Chiefs. And so your first thought is, you know, maybe Frodo. But he's a lot more physically gifted than Frodo was, certainly. Yeah, Frodo's um, a wuss. Yeah, and, you know, Frodo's story is is one of – he kind of he succumbs to the ring eventually, and he's, he's kind of helped out by everybody. I mean, he yeah, gets he there, sucks. and he's the main character. But, yeah, right. There's So, anyway, so Patrick Mahomes, who obviously doesn't suck, doesn't uh, – he fits more of the mold of Aragorn to me where okay, Aragorn sure. is like the one B main character of Lord of the Rings. He certainly has the second most import of anybody on there. And Aragorn completely kicks ass and he's the, you know, the, the King, the return of the King and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think Patrick and Aragorn, the more I thought about it, Aragorn falls um, in battle and everybody thinks he's gone. That's kind of like uh, what happened in Denver. And then Aragorn comes back at Helm's Deep and leads him to victory like the Super Bowl. And so, I mean, there's just a lot of fun little parallels we could talk about there, but um, I would go with Patrick as Aragorn. And then, um, oh, we do need to quickly Gandalf, the, the wise wizard that, and knows everything that's going on. I couldn't think of anybody Obvious better than choice. Andy Reid for there. Of course. And off the Reid. And uh, I think he, uh, that's a perfect fit. And I can imagine Andy with a wizard's hat and it makes me very, very happy. So yeah, that would be hilarious. That's an easy one um, for Frodo. So then if it's not Patrick, another person I thought could fit this mold is Tyree Kill. Okay. And Defend. the reason the reason that I picked Tyreek Hill is is threefold. Number one, height. He is smaller. Short. Frodo yeah, is, and, and right. although Tyreek is stacked, he's also short. Um, 
and Tyreek's fast. And so, you know, the, the speed would kind of be like Frodo sneaking around with the ring and stuff, but more importantly than that, the mental fortitude. So Frodo had to withstand a lot of the pressure from the ring and Tyreek has all the off field stuff that he's had to go through throughout his career. That's been very mentally taxing. And, and I just think that that, um, Tyreek is also a very, very important member of the Chiefs. And Frodo, while we have our opinions on him, is definitely an important member of the Fellowship. So Tyreek is Frodo. Uh, Frodo's buddy that goes along with him everywhere and basically does all the heavy lifting and saves his ass and all that stuff is, is Samwise Gamgee. So for Sam, who's a little bit bigger and, and heroic and, and you know picks up Frodo and carries him up the mountain and stuff, for me, that's Kelsey. Um, Kelsey and Tyreek are very close. They've been the two superstars on the team for a long time. And, you know, Kelsey's a a very kind of an unsung hero on the chiefs. I know we all appreciate him, but I think that his reputation is kind of one of, um, you know, I mean, Kelsey makes stuff happen and that's what Sam did. He made stuff happen. So we've now got, uh, Mary and Pippin, the two Hobbit uh, friends of Frodo and Sam that kind of get into trouble and they kind of, you know, bungle around, but they do save the day and they do some brave stuff. And they, so that's McColl and D-Rob. They are the two wide receiver kind of side characters that are also kind of short and fast like the other guys are, but they're just not quite as, as into the story and as woven in. So that's McColl and D-Rob. Uh, for Boromir, I had Chris Jones and, hmm, okay. And one of the reasons there was that I needed to cast Chris Jones and I was running out of characters. And the other reason is that um, Chris Jones was kind of for, for a bit when he was holding out uh, before the 18 season, I believe it was um, there was kind of just some, some thought about whether he was in it for the right reasons and stuff. And Boromir obviously gets, gets, you know, uh, he, turns on Frodo for a second and tries to take the ring before he ultimately bravely figures out his life and, and sacrifices himself for the hobbits. I mean, Boromir is a great character. I, I, he is. He's, he's the, yeah, he's great. Yeah. And memorably and you terrifically played by Sean Bean in the film. Yes. Mm, yeah. Just so one, of the, one of the great scenes of the film. Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, incredible. So that's CJ. Um, and then we have our last two uh, fighters that run around with Aragorn everywhere, which are Gimli and Legolas uh, for Gimli. <laughs> I, I kind of, Gimli is the comic relief of Lord of the Rings. He cracks a ton of one-liners, like a ton. I mean, he's always talking, you know, just making jokes and stuff like that. And he he doesn't have any fear and he's very outspoken. He's always and talking stuff. smack too. He's always know? talking smack. And so, I mean, clearly Frank Clark fits that to a T. I mean, that, yes, that's, perfect. You know, Frank almost kind of looks like Gimli. He's all crazy and like just really, um, I, I I liked that fit as soon as I thought about it. Um, and plus Gimli is an excellent fighter and Frank is one of the more active and, and talented athletes on the team. So seemed like a pretty easy fit there. And then finally, uh, Legolas, who is probably the most skilled fighter of the group and is very wise and is always, you know, the, the elves are kind of wise beyond their years and stuff. And, and he, uh, is just very, he saves the day all the time. He's, he's always making shots that no one else can make and stuff. And so to me, that's the honey badger. That's another player that um, Tyran does everything that the team needs him to do. He's extremely smart, obviously, as we all know Um, he's, you know, he's a veteran 
who, who's been around and knows everything. So, uh, and he's extremely athletic still and, and very, very skilled. So I think that's a pretty good fit for all nine of them. Andy is Gandalf, Patrick is Aragorn, Tyreek is Frodo, Kelsey is Sam, McColl is Mary, D-Rob is Pippin, Chris Jones is Boromir, Frank is Gimli, and Tyron Matthew as Legolas. I like it. And I think most of those casting choices are spot on. So Corey, thank you for our inspiration. And we wanted to take this a step further and put a little, a little twist on this. So what we wanted to do was get back to, uh, you know, one of our off season staples. We wanted to do another little draft. So what we're going to do is we're going to draft a fellowship to take the ring to Mordor, but it's chiefs players. So this is a little bit of a different twist, right? We're not casting mm-hmm. players, right? We're, we're picking the five guys. We're not going to draft the full nine because that would take too long. Mm-hmm. We're going to draft five guys. We're going to draft each draft, a fellowship of five guys to, to physically deliver the ring into the fires of Mount doom where it can be unmade. And I believe Taylor mm-hmm. that I have the first pick. You do. I had the first pick last time on the, and I will series. draft as the leader of my fellowship. Patrick Mahomes. I wonder who you're going to pick. <laughs> well, listen, I have gotten burned in the past I know, by, I know, not by not drafting Patrick, Patrick Mahomes yeah. with the, the first pick or whatever, whatever it is. But listen, uh, obvious choice here. Obviously, all the physical tools. If I get within 80 yards of Mount Doom, I can just have Patrick fling the ring into Mount Doom. So <laughs> nice. He's got, he's got the range. Uh, to be able to just toss it in there. I feel like uh, I feel like that's a big advantage um, to be able to, to sort of lob the ring in from range. He certainly has a tremendous amount of mental fortitude. I think he could resist the powers of the ring. I mean, honestly, the ability to turn invisible and whatever, the guy's got a half a billion dollar contract and he's the coolest guy in the world. So like, whatever, he has just put the ring on. Okay, okay. I, I don't feel like it would have very much effect on him. So he's the obvious choice with number one. I'm very curious to see where you sure. go with number two and three. So number two, I'm going to have to pick a guy that has a physical skill set that's unmatched by any human being on planet Earth. And that's Tyreek Hill. I just think that sure. his speed is a factor in any situation that the Fellowship could get into, whether that's running away from stuff or or you know, trying to hide or trying to get around. He's just, his physical ability to run and to be quick is, cannot be understated. And I think Tyreek would be able to do a lot of really useful um, missions and, and, you know, stuff there that would be very useful for the fellowship. Sure. He could just, he could just run by, just run the ring to Mordor and and just drop it in and no one would be able to catch him. So yeah, that's true. That's fair. So Tyreek is the choice there too. Um, my pick at number three is Travis Kelsey. I know it's a little cliche to go Pat, Tyreek, Travis with our first three picks, but they really are the heart and soul of the team, the most talented three members of the Chiefs. And and Kelsey is a guy that not only is he big and strong and also has speed that's that's better than what his size would suggest it is, but he's also a leader. And when when the fellowship is at its best. It's when the group is working together and has a leader and has a, has a, you know, a plan and, and good mood and all that stuff. And Travis certainly brings um, an element of wisdom and leadership to the group that a lot of these other players skilled as they may be, um, they would need some, some guidance. And as one of the state elder statesmen of the team, um, Travis is a pretty easy pick there for me. With number four, I'm going to take, and off the read 
was hoping himself. you wouldn't take him. <laughs> no, of course I'm going to take him. He's the best at scheming. He's he's definitely the he's the brains of the operation, just like Gandalf the Grey, and then later the White. Um, obviously not bringing a whole lot to the table physically, but mentally. Neither did uh, I mean the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Gandalf could also use magic, but essentially True. Andy's play calling. So Andy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like he, he can make people disappear in coverage and then boom, Travis Kelsey. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you, you thought you were – you're just going to not cover the best tight end in the NFL. Okay, yeah, that's – we're just going to have him leak out here and whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's a, he's a good choice there. Obviously, the leadership, the ability to scheme it up, he'd find a way to get the ring of Mordor. He would. He would. Um, especially if you give him a bye week. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be dropping rings in the Mount Doom that is the Raiders' end zone all weekend. Uh, and with the fifth pick, there's a lot of different directions I could go with this, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to need some muscle, and I'm going to go with Chris Jones. Yep. A uh, guy that obviously has a versatile skill set. I mean, for a lot of the same reasons, frankly, that you chose Travis Kelsey. I mean, yeah. you got to have a big guy and a glue guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy that is going to lift the spirits on those uh, those long heights through the uh, the dead marshes. You know, really, uh, really, uh, you know, maybe uh, sing a song around the campfire and so on and so forth. Chris Jones bringing the energy and bringing the uh, bringing the power, bringing the yeah. muscle. Yeah, I would not want to be an Urukai going up against Chris Jones in battle. That's for damn sure. Uh, so that's five down, five to go. Uh, I think my next pick here is pretty easy. I am going to go with the uh, Honey Badger himself, Tyron Matthew. I think he is everything that I'm looking for in a member of the fellowship. He is extremely smart. He's extremely athletic. He, you know, is not going to turn on anybody. I mean, he's the least corruptible guy, I think maybe in the whole group other than maybe Patrick, as far as just the mental fortitude. And I think uh, he would, he would have everything I'm looking for there. So Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, um, pretty easy pick there at number six. And then at number seven, I, I'm, going back and forth on a couple different guys, but I think I'm probably going to end up at Frank Clark. Um, many of the reasons that I detailed about his um, casting as Gimli, I think that Frank is kind of a different mold of Chris Jones, but in kind of a crazier fashion. Like he, he's still a big dude. He still would be able to bring the thunder. He He's still, but he's where Chris Jones is kind of more of a calming leadership voice frank is kind of nuts and yeah and i think you do need a He's little a bit card. of he needs you need a little anything. bit of nuttiness in your fellowship somebody who can think outside the box who's gonna scare people away and and just do some you know do some wacky stuff and i think frank would uh he would bring the thunder there so i'm gonna go with frank clark frank clark so that puts me with my two last two picks number eight and number nine I'm going to go a little bit outside the box here and sure. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Tommy Townsend. Uh, listen, <laughs> okay. we, we've been giving a lot of love to Tommy Townsend on this podcast. Okay. Yeah, right. So I, I wanted to use him to humiliate the Raiders. He's part of my trick play. We've been shouting him out. His skill set here is obvious. It's his leg. All right. Mm-hmm. He gives me a sort of a Legolas like element. Now I know you did not cast him as Legolas, Leg-olas. but yes, exactly. Leg Olas. That should be his new nickname. We should we <laughs> should get that. We'll get that going. We should, we should get that in a circulation for okay. sure. Birds so of War, he, tweet out anytime Tommy Townsend does some cool play. 
Yeah. Put, put Legolas with leg in all caps. We'll see yep. if we can maybe get something out. Yeah, exactly. And he's got the long hair too. So, you know, it, it would be better if he dyed his hair. If he dyed his hair blonde, Oof. we would really be, be cooking with that yeah. Legolas uh, nickname. That's perfect. Well, I'm glad that we just stumbled into a nickname for Tommy Thompson. <laughs> sure. That, that was, uh, that made this whole podcast worthwhile, but his skill set's obvious. He's going to boot the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. Mm. And for my final choice, <laughs> I'm going to take Sammy Watkins. Okay. Uh, I, I may end up regretting it later. You know, <laughs> he, he may be, he may be on the bench. He may not be able to uh, carry the ring to Mordor with his uh, various maladies, but listen, you want to talk about a guy that is capable of anything. This is a man who is an alien from outer space and he can control people's minds. He can phase shift. He's phase shifted before in a game. Um, yes. from his own memory and experience. And I, <laughs> I wouldn't deny it. I think in a, um, the magical, mystical world that Lord of the Rings exists in, where magic is real, I think Sammy Watkins could really tap into that. That's a and great uh, that's something that I definitely would find a way to take advantage of. So that gives me my, my, my total fellowship here. I have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Chris Jones, Tommy Townsend, and Sammy Watkins, what a crew! <laughs> what a that crew. ring, that ring is going into the fires of Mount Doom, baby. <laughs> I Who love will be that. your final final pick. So uh, there are obviously, you know, a lot of great great choices left on the Chiefs. Um, a guy that I thought about that I didn't pick um, was Harrison Butker, and I was thinking about it for a lot of the reasons that you picked Tommy Townsend. I just think a specialist is is something that you know, a fellowship could use, but I eschewed Harrison Butker because he misses so many extra points in favor <laughs> of Clyde himself, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I think Clyde is extremely versatile. Um, he's, he's short like a Hobbit, but he's more like a Tyree kill build in that he is not, you know, he is a load and, uh, he, with his versatility of catching balls out of the backfield and stuff, I just, and he's very shifty. He, he'd pop that spin move on an orc and just be around him and gone before they could blink. Um, I, I really like Clyde and his, his playmaking ability on the battlefield. I think that he would be an asset. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the small stature, there's obvious benefits to that, right? Like, you know, Certainly you, get, Lord you of get one Rings, of yeah. those, you get one of those elven cloaks, obviously, you know, you, you, you pop down into a little hole on the side of the road and you can, you can evade a ring wraith for, for days probably. Uh -huh. Right. You know, like, uh, yeah, I, I like it. That's a good squad. So, so who, uh, what's your final <laughs> squad for the listeners? Tyreek, Kelsey, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's a good crew. That's that, a good is crew. A, that is a squad. We're going to put that, we're going to have to put that on Twitter and let you guys vote on whose, whose fellowship is better. Whose fellowship is going to get the ring to Mordor. More likely to get the ring to Mordor. Yep. I love it. Yep. 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 So that'll conclude our mailbag for today. And uh, we will leave you with our conversation with Raider Cody himself. So. Here we are sitting down, two Raiders fans and two Chiefs fans, in a very, very heated week. And I'll be honest, I'll be honest, this, these fan bases, they don't get along very well at all. And, very, and recently, as in the last couple of days, probably the least that they ever have, ever. Uh, this is, I mean, on Twitter, online, everything that's going on. But here we are. We're going to make it work. We're going to keep things civil on a non-personal level. And we're going to just talk about football. 
in a hopefully a little bit offending manner, but we'll just keep it football offensive. What is going on? Uh, this is It's Always Sunny. In Chiefs Kingdom. In, what is it? In Arrowhead? In yes, Chiefs right. Kingdom. Here we are. Ooh, okay. It wasn't always sunny in Chiefs Kingdom, though. Come on. <laughs> well, but it is now, and it will be for as long as Patrick Mahomes is our quarterback, unless we have a repeat of, you know, a couple weeks ago, whatever. That's that's really been – listen, yeah. we're being civil. We're giving you guys your, your props. That was a very aggravating, frustrating, extremely disappointing experience for us. And so we're looking forward to this weekend because, you know, it's a revenge game for us, and we're not used to those. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you guys want your payback because I've had way too much material mm-hmm. to feed off of these last few weeks. I'm enjoying myself, honestly. It's Enjoy been, it's been a can. great few weeks. <laughs> but, but for you guys as Super Bowl champs, I mean, hey, we get a win. We get the pick. We take a lap around the stadium in the bus. You guys can't be that bad. I mean, you're defending Super Bowl champs. What's going on? Why is – I want to know. Chiefs Kingdom, in my opinion to me, has been a little bit more whiny than they should because, hey, you guys are – you guys are the team to take down. What is going on? What's the mentality? Do you mean that we're whining that you guys took the lap or that we lost or which part Which part specifically? Yeah. Kind of both. I, the lap was pretty, pretty low as far as just like <laughs> – it, it just wasn't really – you guys hadn't been there before. You know, I mean, it, I, I feel like um, Chiefs and Raiders are the best AFC West rivalry. Better than Denver, better than obviously yeah. Chargers. There's no, yeah, right. there's no Chargers. So week, because yeah. of that, emotions run high. Undefeated team, you know, the, you guys. This was the worst game yeah. that the Chiefs could have lost on the schedule until the playoffs. I mean, that was the one that that hurts the most because everyone else, it doesn't really matter. Raiders reek is really the only one that matters, and obviously, you guys know yeah. having won two out of the last twelve that it's definitely it hurts when you lose those games a lot. Uh, was, I'll yeah. tell you what, though, guys, look, with the bus thing, uh, Taylor and I were talking about this before we hopped on. Why isn't Gruden owning the bus thing, right? Like, he, he got asked about it, and he blamed it on the bus driver, and then Max Crosby was saying they didn't even know they were taking a victory lap. Like, I wish that he brought the heat even more, right? Yeah. Like, he's kind of backed off it. Like, if you're going to take a victory lap, take a victory lap, all right? You know, go go earn it. But he's almost like – He's almost like he's a little scared of what he's about to unleash. I don't, I don't like it. It's, it's, it's not, it's not Gruden-y enough for me. I think it's more that the relationship from, between him and Andy Reid. I just think he, you know, you say what you will about Gruden. I kind of wish he came out and was like, yeah, we took a victory out because we kicked their ass, and that's what we yeah. wanted to do. Like that's what people expect from John Gruden. I think he's right. on a little bit. I think it has to do with Andy Reid, but. I feel like you guys are using that. It's like you don't need motivation. You, look, we're playing on the table. You guys have kicked our ass the past couple of years. Yeah. Like you don't need that as motivation. And I feel like Andy Reid is is using it as like a tactical thing to get his the team riled up. Do you guys feel like you need that? I don't feel like you need that when you got 15 playing quarterback. We don't need it, but I will tell you, if the players feel anything like the fans do after that last game, they are so pissed. And so motivated already. I I mean, listen, listen, I've been talking shit on Derek Carr for years. And I'll tell you what was so frustrating about that game was that, you know, he's this in our minds. And listen, we can we can argue about what the perception is versus the reality. But he's this dink and dunk quarterback. And then he came out and we lost that game in the worst, most frustrating way possible, right? This defense, you know, two years ago, it was terrible. It cost us a trip to the Super Bowl. last year. You know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of leaders on the defense, a lot of guys with a lot of pride 
and they got their asses kicked by Derek Carr, a guy who had never won an arrowhead before, dropping bombs all over mm-hmm. the field. And they're mad. I mean, they're yeah. mad, and they should be mad about that. I mean, they don't need any extra motivation, but I think Andy is kind of leaning into it a little bit because I think the guys are already feeling it, and he just, you know, he just wants to stoke the flames a little bit. And I'll tell you, when it comes to AFC West yeah. games, listen, uh, when was that, Taylor, four or five years ago when we played the Broncos and we, we, we dropped the, uh, the hungry pig on them? Uh, 2016. That was a blowout in a game that didn't mean anything in the AFC West. We just embarrassed the Broncos because they're a division team and, you know, they disrespected us a little bit. And so we're pulling out trick plays in the fourth quarter. That's the only time we've ever seen Andy Reid really do that. He's not a guy that goes out to embarrass people. And I don't think he's going to do that. John Gruden's his guy. They're buddies. But, like, I think they're mad as hell. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a little bit to be said about what was being talked about even before the game. Uh, because I know there's one thing, if you guys have, you know, bulletin board material, it's going to be the bus ride. For us, it's like we're going and looking. You could click on the Chiefs account before the game started, and you're hearing Tyron Matthew talk about this heated rivalry. And it's cool that you guys get on. And, yes, it is the Certainly. best rivalry in the AFC West, one of the best rivalries yeah. probably in football, especially after this last game, <laughs> everything going on. The entire NFL right now is feeding into this rivalry. But even before then, Tyron Matthew's getting on with the social media person talking about how the rivalry is not the same anymore. This team is different. You know, it, basically saying that they've moved on past it. They, they've hinted at the idea that, okay, this isn't – it's not that much of a rivalry. Like, we've got this in a bag. I, I jump on a podcast, sit down with two Kansas City folks, um, similar, I guess, kind of to yourselves, all Chiefs fans, and I sit down and have a good conversation with them. I hop off, and then they go and jump on and start bagging the Raiders. So I'm kind of thinking, hey, there's a little bit of blow to blow each way. One happened before the game. One happened after the victory. One team was a little bit more patient, and now I'm seeing it, and it's like, hey, he took a lap around in an empty, I mean, an empty yep. city, pretty much. You know what I mean? If it was a packed out, 100%. Couldn't get away with a victory you know, lap stadium, I could, it was packed. That, that bus would not have made <laughs> but it's one of those. Yeah, exactly. Well, it literally wouldn't have been able exactly. to move around the stadium, I think is yeah. what he's getting at, because it is yes. a mess to park yes. at Arrowhead. Okay, we, we have, to go, we have yeah. to go back to one thing. If Derek Carr is a dink and dunk quarterback, what was Alex Smith? Uh, he's Derek Carr. And in fact, yeah. I was going to give, Certainly. so this, this is like, this is like the 2017 Alex Smith is what Derek Carr has evolved into. And listen, I've talked a lot of smack on Derek Carr. I will not deny that this is the best season. This is the best version of Derek Carr that we've ever seen. Uh, he's playing very well. You know, he's topped out at about, mm, he's maybe the sixth or seventh best quarterback in the NFL this year. That's pretty good. Uh, that's probably where I would put Alex Smith in 2017, uh, right before they made the switch, obviously, to Patrick Mahomes. And I think that that's, I mean, what I what I was going to ask you guys, just to turn it around back on you, is if he's not a dink and dunk quarterback, why aren't you guys bombing the ball to Henry Ruggs? And I say this as a Henry Ruggs dynasty owner. Why aren't you guys doing that every week? Because... I watch Raiders games and it's like John Gruden's like, you know, three yards, three yards, three yards. We go for it on fourth down, fourth and one, whatever it is. I, I, it worked against the chiefs. And part of the reason it worked is because they clearly were Didn't not expect expecting it. it. But I just, now that they put that on tape and they have the ability to do it, I just confused why they don't do yeah. it more often. If you see the box score, it doesn't look like it's translating. If you go back and you see, if you're to watch all the targets to Henry Ruggs, they're there. The chemistry might be a little off. Henry Ruggs is getting used to, I think, keeping both feet on the sideline because he had a couple deep balls to him. One of them in which you go back and watch all 22 might have been challenge worthy. It was like a 40-yarder down the field on the right side. Um, He secured it, brought it in. His right foot was just barely 
right there on the line, kind of just like his touchdown uh, call was. And that touchdown call would have been, had they ruled it a catch and a touchdown, I don't think it would have been reversed either way. It was right there on the borderline. So I think that's what it comes down to is actually, as well as with Derek, when you miss those balls and you drop them, Derek's very reliant on trust. And he wants to be able to throw to a receiver that it's going to catch it majority of the time. He's had, you know, receivers in the past. I think that's what's taken him so long now to get to this point. Last year, I think Derek mentally and with his skills, even being able to kind of move around more in the pocket, extend the play just a little bit more than he has before, was here still the same quarterback. But what Patrick Mahomes has, take away Tyreek Hill, take away Hardman, which he's obviously not going to be there this week, take away your speed guys, right? Rely on just Travis Kelsey, rely on a good back, and rely on who knows who your wide receivers are going to be each week, and you know those deep balls are going to go down. Is he still going to take the shots? I'm sure. Is the production going to be there? No. So for Derek to have a Henry Ruggs and even a freaking Nelson Aguilar, who's been able to get more separation than any of our wide receivers in forever, and that's crazy. Nelson Which Aguilar, crazy, may I remind you. But that's the, yes. that's the point, that's too. Ruggs is the, is the coverage dictator. Ruggs is going down the field having two guys follow him all the time. And then Nelson Aguilar is running free in the middle of the field, wide open for Derek Carr to hit him. So I think the, the yeah. Ruggs thing, and look, the John Gruden, everybody thinks John Gruden is this, he, when they say offensive guru, it's an offensive guru. John Gruden wants first downs, he wants ball control, and he wants smart quarterback play. You know, Derek Carr didn't take shots down the field because, he, A, he had nobody to take shots down the field with after Amari left and after Crabtree left. Ruggs is here now. Aguilar's here now. That's why you've seen it. The past well, couple of years, wide receivers have been such trash. Let me There's ask no you. There's no reason for him to go down the field. He's going to throw to Darren Waller for five yards. He's going to check down to the backs. Let me Gruden, ask you guys this. In the last yeah. three years, when intended air yards have been tracked a lot closer, there are 46 quarterbacks that qualify mm-hmm. for this stat. Where do you think Carr falls mm-hmm. in intended air yards per pass attempt out of 46? Probably in the four. Well, it, yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure he's low. If you're yeah. if you're looking at three years, um, but I will say the only thing that matters is the offense that's built around you this current year, how they're playing now, the unit that he has, the confidence that he has. Because let's be honest, you can try and pick and pry at certain years and gaps of Derek Carr, but the organization and the personnel as a whole hasn't looked very are, good. You guys on are spoiled. So to be able to let's put something together, together, you guys are so yeah. ridiculously spoiled with Patrick. The most spoiled he, football team he, in sports, no do, doubt. He could do anything on the football field. And Cody, you were saying take away this guy. Uh, look, I'm not so sure Mahomes would with anybody he has out there. Yeah. This guy's just so so. But I mean, look, you're you're a product. If you're not that Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, you're a product of your, of your weapons. I just don't think the weapons have been there. And I think Mahomes is mediocre. <laughs> I, I saw your your. This uh, is the content that I crave. Yeah, this yeah. is yeah. just. Uh, I will say this about yeah. Chiefs fans, and I I love Chiefs Kingdom to death, but. I, I don't know if it's in our DNA, but I, I, I saw that clip, Cody, it circulated and it hit home. I mean, I, 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 it was such an obvious, it was such an obvious Bigger. troll attempt. I just can't believe that people, yeah. I, yeah. it's too easy. If we, it makes we, you feel any better, Raider Nation, easy me? Raider Nation hates, hates Derek Carr too. Trolling? So, I mean, it's not, he said like the Raider yeah, fans yeah. legit hate this guy. They well, couldn't so- win him out of the town for Marcus Mariota. And the reason that I brought up the intended air yards to me was because when I watched him shred the Chiefs a couple weeks ago for the first time in his career, but definitely Mm -hmm. he was going over the top constantly. And it made me think like, so has this, has it really been the weapons and scheme around him? Has that really been the reason that he hasn't done this before? Because there are some guys, if he's 42 out of 46, not 41 quarterbacks have better weapons than Derek Carr. You know what I mean? Like there are some guys that just Jameis Winston's I'm not saying intended air yards are your end all be all of being a good quarterback. Jameis Winston's number one. 
So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but some guys just, just zing it. And he just never really feels like that's part of his game. And to me, I feel like that's something that if he started doing that more, he doesn't have to become Jameis Winston, but if he started throwing the ball more, even if he's going to get some more picks, even if he's going to get some more, he's still going to, I think, make some bigger plays. And that's always been strange to me that he just doesn't seem to want to take that chance. I don't think Gruden wants him to be that gunslinger, like trying to fit a ball in, uh, you know, that type of thing. You see it now the past couple of games, first the Broncos and the Chargers, like Carr hasn't aired it out. He's been smart with the football and they just run people to death. I mean, that's like Gruden's wet dream. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what he wants. He's a 90s coach yeah. for sure. And, and, and we in 2020 as football fans and fantasy football players were like, this sucks. Like we want to like, you think if a team runs the ball and does well, you're like, Oh my God, this, this game sucks. But you're like, no, you just killed another team. This is good. But like, it doesn't register in our brains. You know, we got to talk about, we got to talk about the defense now. Listen, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we'll be exactly. So do you think the fact that your defense can't practice at all until they hopefully play on Sunday, is that, is that really going to be a detriment? Cause let's face it. Mm. Eh. <laughs> does it affect it i'd say it affects it um you know but they're still going to be sitting through zoom meetings they're still going to get the new installs that you know whatever they're you know trying to implement whenever they play you guys um and as a defensive guy yeah i mean you, you just kind of got to know what the other player is going to be doing it's kind of hard not being able to walk that through uh but it shouldn't be that 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 big of a difference we saw this happen with our offensive line and with our offensive line it's kind of a big deal because you're having to work yeah. off the guy next to you and not being able to walk through that at all that really sucks like you're legit a unit you work as one so just sitting through zoom calls and, and trying to adjust even just to run plays uh josh jacobs even admitted that you know they weren't on the same page as the offensive line whenever they're you know setting up for plays so the defense, not as much. And to be honest, our defense has kind of been a little right. messy anyways. So, I mean, hey, maybe less time with the some coordinator sure. might help us. Who knows? Maybe they start trusting their instinct a little bit more. You know, maybe they get out there and Jonathan Abram and all these guys that, you know, kind of got to sit on the couch and, and, and get pissed about not playing football. They're going to be well-rested and maybe they get out there and uh, we see them play just a different If, 20, if 2020 is proved bit, anything, you guys could probably test this. If 2020, that practice for veterans especially does not matter. Like yeah. these, like, like once you get into like week 10 and week 11, like these veterans, like they don't need to practice. Like Ben Roethlisberger, I don't need, I don't need practice. Yeah. Like just, just, you know, let me know what the game plan is. Let me go out there. And look, I, I know I'm being a little tongue in cheek here, but like, you know, once you get into a season, I think these guys would rather rest their bodies than be in a walkthrough or be in a practice. I, you know, I don't think it matters in the grand scheme. Of is things. it worse maybe, for the defense? For younger guys. Is it worse yeah. for the defense missing Farrell than it is not practicing? I mean, is that a bigger like, because he had a. I don't know, but if you guys end up winning, well, so we're that's why. Yeah. Anyway. So COVID, man. Wait, Damn no, 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 no. We have <laughs> yeah. to put this on the record yeah. now. You're saying it's yeah. not a big deal. So when we beat mm-hmm. you guys by three scores, I don't want to hear any excuses. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey, all we can make is excuses whenever you lose. That's all you can do. That's fair. The scapegoat is the NFL's obviously attack on the Raiders. Uh, yes, of scheduling the Chiefs yes. off a bye versus Raiders year in and year out. Four out of the last five years, the Chiefs I mean, have played the Raiders off like, the bye. They say it's computer generated. That's my yeah, answer. but let's talk about the times that we had to go to Oakland on a Thursday short week football. on Thursday Night Football. The two, the last two times we lost to you guys, both in Oakland on short weeks by, what was it, one point and two points? Yeah. Come on. That's, that's, just, that's just make up for the short week division game, West Coast. That was nonsense. I mean, you know. Oh. 
You give Andy Reid like awesome. 13 days to come up with plays. You got you, you're gonna be running motions. You're you know, in trouble. Out of, out of yeah, yeah, you can deal with a couple short weeks. So, so <laughs> to answer your question about the defense, it's not gonna matter because Andy Reid's gonna scheme the freaking hell out of it. It's gonna be a shootout. It's gonna be a shootout. Yeah. You say that. That's what we hope for. That's what it comes down to. All the Derek Carr talk and everything that's going on. That's what got us excited the last time we played and whenever we won, because it's not that we won thirteen to seven like a, or whatever. A really yeah. like, okay, I'm not gonna say yeah, I'm not going to say it was like a not not a close game, but you know, like a shootout where we're actually kind of going blow for blow and felt like in the offseason that's what we were doing. Whenever we looked at your team and even the Niners, uh the the things that you guys did the most was you had the number 1 and number 2 ball carrier speed and the number 1 and number 2 pre-snap motions. And that was because you had all that speed to be worried about. So, for us adding Henry Ruggs, adding like youth to the defense, getting a lot faster on defense with Corey Littleton, who's been a little underwhelming, but even some other players that are coming in just faster period. I felt like finally, okay, you know, we're, kind of, we're building off that template. It's a copycat league. The two teams that are in the Super Bowl, they had speed. So that's what we need. We need speed. Um, and it kind of proved to be true that game. And even our other primetime game against the Saints kind of proved to be true. We got some speed. We can air it out if we need to. We can make the big plays. Um, and, and Derek Carr can get it down the field to, you know, some semi-reliable uh, receivers. Th- these last couple of weeks have been a little shaky for us in drops. I'm not going to lie. Derek went a handful of weeks, no drops, and it was looking good. Everything was clicking. He's putting the ball in the point, uh, uh, on their hands anywhere. They're making good contested catches. You saw Henry Ruggs. Yeah, you saw Henry Ruggs with his arm linked through your defender making that catch. And then there's a few catches after that down the sideline. We see him missing. And then we see Nelson Aguilar dropping a few balls. We had three drop touchdowns last week. So it's one of those things, if we can clean that up, we can get back to where we're going. But we got to get out of the slump, and then I'll feel very well, good I, again. I, I, have, I have some playing with you guys. All right, so here's questions for, for Chiefs people here. What is up with Sammy Watkins? When is, is he ever going to play football again? Yeah, he's going to play this week. He, he practiced and, in full and, today. Okay, yeah, so the, the lizard king is with, back. Oh, what's up with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Is he not the guy everybody thought he was going to be? He's, he's he was better than Josh Jacobs. Back, man. I mean, they don't all they don't all go out there and look like <laughs> Josh Jacobs for the rookie year. And uh, it, I, I really like his talent. I really like the things that he adds to the offense. It doesn't necessarily, you know, the Chiefs have never really been since Jamal Charles left. They haven't leaned on. I, I Kareem Hunt had his games for sure, but they they don't really scheme the running back to have big days and you can have a game like Buffalo where Buffalo just says you have to run on us to beat us. And Clyde has 150, 60 yards and, and beats them. So, I mean, he's got the ability. He just isn't in an offense that's going to utilize that every, every week. And what's what about, interesting what about to me about, about Bell? yeah, yeah. Good, good question. Yeah, we don't Le'Veon. even know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great question. We'll, we'll probably see something out of him. I would assume coming out of the bye. but what I think makes this game cool and fun. And, and I hope that this continues. We'll, we'll see if Carr can maintain his level of play and if the Raiders can continue to build. But I think both of these offenses, you know, can beat you in different ways. And that, I mean, the Raiders clearly want to beat you by running the ball and the chiefs want to beat you by throwing the ball. And they really like to throw the ball deep. They like to win with the pass, but as, as Taylor was pointing out, I mean, they've had games this year against the Texans in the opener against the bills where the game plan was, we're going to run and that's what the defense is going to give us and we'll do it. And the Raiders against the chiefs, obviously their game plan was, we think that the chiefs are going to give us the deep ball and, they took advantage of it and it makes for a really exciting matchup. I mean, it's just fun. All of the smack talk aside, it's fun to have a division game in prime time 
coming off a loss for us while it was not fun. It definitely gives us some juice. Um, it's just fun to see two offenses that can move the ball in different ways. And especially with, you know, the chiefs coming off a bye, but you know, Gruden, I'm sure obviously the first for the first game was very well prepared for the chiefs. And I'm sure he will be for this game too. I, I agree. I mean, I think, look, and it's probably kudos to you guys and to Andy Reid and all jokes aside, Gruden has mimicked what he wants this Raider team to be after what Andy Reid has done with the Chiefs team, you know, and, and just the speed and, and the type of roster that you guys have built. But I agree with your point. Both of these teams can beat you in a bunch of different ways. Like the, the Raiders the past couple of weeks have run the ball to death and just bludgeon teams and play decent defense where, but if they have to, they could air it out. And the same things with the Chiefs, but I think it goes back to, the Andy Reid, John Gruden kind of volleying back and forth like, hey, Andy, you got that awesome roster over there at Kansas City. I'm going to try to do things my way over here and kind of match you a little bit. So I think they're pretty even. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll get your guys' temperature on this. You guys, in, Spagnuolo did an unbelievable job last year on you know, your trip to the Super Bowl. But I just think the offense is the focal point of both teams, obviously. And the defense, you don't know week in, week out what you're kind of going to get. You might get a strong will performance, or you might just get a fall in the face. I'm going to give up 40 points and it's going to be a bloodbath type of deal. I think they're pretty similar in those, you know, those facets of the game. I think the chiefs defense has shown much better since the start of the playoffs last year and through this year than they had at any point in Andy Reid's tenure before that, certainly under Bob Sutton, but exception of with the exception of the Raiders game. I mean, they're so they've allowed over 20 points two times this year. It was the previous game against the Panthers that they barely won and the Raiders game and every other game, it's been 20 points or less. And in the NFL these days, 20 points is a pretty good accomplishment for a defense. I mean, that's uh, and they take the ball away Their Their turnover differential is second in football right now by one behind the Titans. And I mean, they between protecting the ball and taking the ball away, that's really where the defense makes their bread and butter is they are opportunistic and they um, they've just shown that they're, I hate the phrase Ben, but don't break because it seems yeah. like it's making an excuse for a team that gives up a lot of yards, but that's us. That's yeah. Us. Oh, sure. I mean, and that's a lot of teams yeah. in the NFL. That's how a lot of people play defenses. All right. Between the twenties, it's no big deal. But once you get inside the twenties sack up and I do think that the chiefs defense has shown with points allowed that they do kind of, you know, they, they understand that if they can hold the other team down, their offense is going to take care of business. They've scored over 23 points, 44 out of the last 45 games they've played. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely um, the defense does their part, in my opinion, much better than they had at any point before the playoff run last year. Let me but don't, you think, don't you think it's a testament to Mahomes, too, that your defense knows that they could take more chances and 100%. do things because they it's know it's complimentary. That. Yeah, yep. 15 there and he could just, all right, we, we screw up and we give up 30. All right, Patrick's going to be back there. I think it's, you know. And the other aspect of that is the opposing offenses know they have to put up points. They know that they ha- they can't go out there and just play, you know, an average game. They And so the pressure is so high on every opposing offense that the Chiefs play that they take some risks that they might not necessarily take. You know, if, if two of those deep balls by Carr either the chiefs read them and they pick them or, or they do something that they normally do when he comes to arrowhead and, and it doesn't work. Then you're looking at that game plan and saying, man, what the hell were the Raiders doing throwing deep? He can never throw deep. Why didn't they do what they normally do best, but because they hit him, then, you know, it's a completely different story. So I, uh, I do think the chiefs de- offense puts a lot of pressure on the other team's offense and their defense takes advantage of it. There we go. I, I want to add real quick, since you're talking about Ben, don't break. We are literally the definition of Ben, don't break this last week, Eddie. You, I mean, you, you probably know it for a fact. Last week before halftime, 
We're watching Denver drive down the field. Oh. This I'm getting ready to score, and they're going to take the lead yeah. before halftime. Get all the way down to the goal line. And we pick it off at the goal line. If that's not bend, don't break. I don't even know what it is. And we've been dealing with that pretty much in every single one of our wins with our defense, except for maybe a couple games. Now, uh, I want to end on one topic soon. I need to go take a shower. I've been sitting with you guys for like 30 minutes. I just feel gross. <laughs> um, but uh, what are you guys going to do different? This game that like you guys know this team better than anybody. I can sit here and try and say, oh yeah, you know they're going to throw the ball better. They're going to try and run the ball more. They're going to try and establish the run different, or they're going to not you know give it the big play. I you know I can see things like that. But who exactly do you see maybe getting involved more? And you see any specific scheme changes? Just because you know whenever you go down and break down this last game, we we had the upper hand in a lot of things. We passed the ball better. We ran the ball better. We had better third and fourth down conversion rates. We had the ball like eleven minutes more. What are you guys going to do to kind of shift that wave the other direction? Um, and like you said, you guys want payback. How do you guys get that payback? Well, I think one thing that we can look forward to this week is, besides your defense not practicing, uh, is uh, Sammy Watkins is going to be back. He practiced in full of the day, and he uh, got hurt during that game. That really opens up – I mean, you obviously you talk about Tyreek Hill, you talk about Travis Kelsey, but really other than those two, the Chiefs' third – receiver whether that be a running back whether that be somebody like Demarcus Robinson or McCall Hardman who's also going to be out this game I mean Sammy Watkins is the third best receiver on the team he's better than McCall Hardman he's better than Demarcus Robinson he gives us another middle of the field option that we lost in that game and the Chiefs offense obviously put up points in that game 32 points which many weeks would be enough for us to win it was not that week but there were some some spells in the middle of that game where they couldn't move the ball and obviously um some some miscommunications that led to the only interception Mahomes has thrown this year. Uh, I think Jeff Heath on fourth and seven. (laughs) Jeff Heath, uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Week, I believe I saw today. So, uh, you know, congratulations on that. We probably should uh, close this out by dunking on the Broncos. Uh, Congrats for, uh, you know, surpassing them. Uh, they are a joke and their quarterback is a joke and you know the Chargers too I mean he's you know, so it, corny dude oh my uh, god you see the Justin dude. Herbert haircut today yes oh it's my god awful he looks like young <laughs> Anakin Skywalker it's uh, terrible it's terrible it's terrible um, I think Sammy being back will be will be a big difference maker for us and honestly I don't know what we're going to see out of the defense um, we, we kind of under Spagnolo, the defense has been really game plan specific and obviously the game plan that they had the last time is going in the trash because it was trash and it did not work. So what we're going to see this week, I don't know, but I, I know they're going to have some stuff cooked up coming out of the bye for sure. Real quick. I don't mean to butt in. I want to get your, your opinion as well, but uh, you made us admit that the, the Raiders defense not practicing would not be an excuse and we should be at full strength, but you just said that them not practicing would be giving you the upper hand. So I don't know. Will it are though? we even? I think we're even. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see how the game goes, and then we'll uh, we'll make up our narratives after that. How about that? That's what I got all the right. excuses. I got a whole list exactly. ready to go. <laughs> That's great. So do we. So do we. I just be no honest. Fans we'll there. Just, That's we'll why. Just, no fans. No fans. Exactly. I just want to point out that the Chiefs missed out on two touchdowns due to some very very questionable. And I know every fan every time a penalty gets called, they say it's a crap call. But you can't come with that yeah, blame, fan. Uh, listen, I know. Blame and the you refs, guys, we're ready you guys to go. know we're ready exactly to go. where we're coming from on this because it happens to everybody. 
everybody, but the bomb to Tyreek Hill on the first drive of the game that was called back because of a horrible hold call and then a touchdown pass to Clyde that was called back because of a horrible pass interference call, and that led to three total points on those two. And that's not counting the egregious pass interference that was not called against Tyreek Hill. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look. You know, I think, you know the one. You know the one. I think the Raiders caught a lot of breaks on some deep balls both ways, on some stuff that didn't go the Chiefs' way yeah. and some stuff that did go their way. And all things being even, I just see that if you play that game in Arrowhead ten times, I think the Chiefs win seven or eight of them. But you got the one where you kick their ass, and it feels great. And I'm just really interested to see how both teams use that to come into this game. And are the Raiders going to be overconfident? Are the Chiefs going to be too pissed off? You know how how are the emotions going to play there? Because it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. My question, my question is: Is Patrick Mahomes scared of Jeff Heath? Ha. Well, would, you know, he, he's on a – he had two picks against Locke, right? It was two? Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, almost well, three. If, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's on fire. He's going to have to play a good game. They're going to need the back end of the secondary to really be on their toes because, you know, Chiefs can get them deep. And, uh, well, we, we, know, we know this. We all predict like a high-scoring, old-school AFL shootout. Watch yep. the game end up being like 17-13. Right. Like uh, Right. I mean, I know it won't be, yeah. but you know, that'd be, be disappointing. Like, <laughs> yeah, damn close games. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good stuff, guys. Do you have any last questions? Anything you want to get off your chest before we end this thing? Uh, go Chiefs. That's go not Chiefs. a question. And, I mean, it kind of uh, is a question, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, do either of you guys know Jace Frost personally? Was that? <laughs> do you know this whole uh, this whole saga? No. We're very interested in Jace Frost. Oh, that's Derek, that's oh. Derek's burner. Oh, come on, you, you guys. What are you talking about, Jace Frost? He had oh. this burner Twitter account oh, where God. he was defending himself, and it's then totally someone him. pointed it out that it was his burner, and he deleted it. It was just we had a lot of fun with it, but I uh, didn't know if you guys were dialing. It could be. I mean, I, oh, I you know I remember that like it was a long time ago. Uh, this it year. Was, I mean, it was like, that's what I meant. Like, but it wasn't yeah, like in this like no, 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 no. this week. I'm like yeah, Jace Frost. No, I'm like, what was I talking to Jace Frost? Because I feel like there was a Jace in one of my comments today. I can't really figure it out either. But it could be Jace Frost too. There's a new one now. But I Jace think Frosty? that's a, I, I think that's a troll account. I don't think that's real. But the first right. one was definitely for real. sure. Derek. For sure. Was, I mean, it could be. There's a lot sure, of so. weirdos on Twitter. So I mean, it could just be somebody that. Guys, come on now. Yeah, I don't know. That's not. We don't want to end on burner accounts on Twitter, right? I mean, I don't know. Fair don't enough. Know. <laughs> no, listen, listen, Cody. This is what I, I've been dying to ask you. This, to be honest. Okay. With you. Okay. Like, what percentage of uh, your persona? Listen, I guess you're a huge fan, and I'm a huge fan as well. The difference is that the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, and the Raiders are. Yeah, they're 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 getting better. So, yeah. uh, you know, what percentage of this is? Uh, well, what percentage of it is real, and how much of it is an act for your fans? Right? Like, you know, I, I get it. The angle. Um, you're, you're optimistic. Uh, do you yeah. really believe all of these things that you say? Well, I'm definitely not fake. There's no percentage of fakeness here. That's, That's uh, this is the thing with Raider Nation. Raider Nation is diehard. Raider Nation doesn't sit here and, you know, just rely on the product on the field to be how loyal and how much we, you know, rely on a win. We can be 0-10 and, and then go down in a rain game and beat the Chiefs for our first win, and we're going to feel great about it. We're going to love this team. We're going to have a good time. Either way, no matter what happens or how our team finishes the season, this room's still going to stay up and it's still going to be rocking out some Raiders content. For me, I'm different. There's a lot of analytical fans out there that do these shows. A lot of them. You guys might be one. I don't, I don't tune in at all. So I don't really know exactly, you know, your stance and how you guys do things, but I'm just a fan. Like literally you're like basic 
fan. I, I try not to get into things too deep. I'll talk about it. You know, we'll talk about possibilities. I'll see what I like. I'll talk, we'll joke about what we don't like, everything that's going on. Everything for me is 100% authentic. And that's the only reason I enjoy doing this thing so much is because I can get on here and just spitball and not care and enjoy. The only thing I will say is the troll jobs. Like I like, I enjoy, honestly, I enjoy pissing you guys off. I really do. I it, likewise, it, yeah. it's a get off for me. And I yeah, mean, I sure. wish I could say you guys pissed me off as much as I pissed you guys off, but we'll talk about the teeter totter later in the day. Yeah, we'll talk about that on Sunday, I guess. <laughs> we will, man. Absolutely. We'll make for a good rivalry. You know, it's one of those things I got. I couldn't even tell you how many Chiefs fans have already been in my DMS, <laughs> like with threatening of sending me my own tweet saying, I can't wait to bring this out on Sunday. Oh, I can't boy. wait to bring this out on Sunday. I'm like, Hey, cool. Because the difference is whenever we lose, or if we win, I, you know, I'll target all the Chiefs fan base. And it's funny because I feel like whenever you guys, if you guys win, I'm the one that gets targeted. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. We have a lot more fans here that we need to reach out. There's a lot more hot takes out there. I put myself out there quite a bit, so it's you okay. You do put yourself out there. That's, you, that's yeah. You make yourself is. an easy target for sure. I think hey. everybody everybody likes to uh, sacrifice. We grief. sacrifice Cody for the greater good. That's exactly. That's right. Human sacrifice for Raider Nation, and that's okay. We enjoy it. At the end of the day, this is how I see it for me personally. Uh, when I get off Twitter, when I get off this podcast, when nobody on any other fan base can see me, I go home to my beautiful wife, my two kids. I have a good life. I could care less and I enjoy it. So it's one of those things, man. This is fun as a little hobby. Get on here and chit chat. And obviously you guys are probably expecting a lot different conversation as this is going by our Twitter personas. And I, I I'd think say it went pretty I good. I it to go. Yeah. 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 I expect it to be a little bit more heated, but it actually went pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, you know, know we're we'll see. The, it's only the fan it's only bases Wednesday. hate each other, but you know, you sit down, you talk football. It's it's not so bad, but uh, yeah. obviously, we're going to be very very dialed in on Sunday, and whoever of our sides win that, of course, it'll be us. Um, we'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. My, sure. my Twitter uh-huh. fingers are exercised and ready to go. So uh, they they will be flying. I will be all up in your mentions. Uh, probably not your DMs. That's a little bit weird, guys. Don't don't jump into people's DMs, right? Like, put it out in the open. Uh, I get I've gotten some DMs today already. So yeah, it's just uh, yeah. That's Good no stuff. Problem. Good stuff. So put the rivalry aside. It's bigger than football with everything going on COVID wise. States are shutting back down. Hopefully, you guys and your families. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we enjoy a good, healthy, fun, old-school rivalry on Sunday. I appreciate you guys for coming on. Anyone that's listening on my channel, uh, give your guys' show a shout-out so that Raider Nation can heckle you and your Twitter pages. Podcast is It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. You can get that at itsalwaysunnyinchiefskingdom.com or iasick.com. We do it for Sports Illustrated, but we also do it for ourselves. And, uh, you know, just uh, loving life. Go Chiefs. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, appreciate you, Cody. Yeah, let's do it again. See you guys. Bye-bye. All right, that was uh, Raider Cody, and that was his co-host, Eddie, and Austin and I talking with them, some some Chiefs and Raiders. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.